Hello, everyone. Once again, your friendly neighborhood editor here. This is the final episode of our 5e playtest revisit. We do hope you've enjoyed it. Now, a couple of business things. Next week, there will be no episode due to Easter happening. We do also hope any of our listeners who will be observing Passover or Easter next weekend do have a lovely celebration and joy in their community. After that, things are a little in limbo. Apparently, this spring decided to be a time of incidents and surprise life readjustments here and there. Because of this, your lovely crew has had all their session plans disrupted in one way or another. So, depending on how things get back on track, we may or may not be ready to start the next series by then. If not, I'll dig up an interview or maybe a one-shot from the past to buy the time. If yes, then hooray for new things to listen to. Again, we hope everyone observing community feasting or fasting or fellowship is finding joy and blessing, and we will see you again in two weeks. You hear a rustling from your phone. It catches you by surprise. Does a 22 hit your will defense? Yeah. You're immobilized for an hour and it forces you to listen to itself. You are now listening to that D&D podcast. So you're at the top, you've crested the hill, and you can see down at the valley below. You can see the Crucian army rolling forth like a wave, almost reaching upon the uh, your city. The day suddenly darkens as the moon goes in front of the sun, and the valley is coated in a night of an artificial night of red, like blood has drenched everything, and uh, you can feel something moving around your neck. Is it the amulet? Is indeed the amulet. Oh, I thought you were about to get choked. Do I know anything about the eclipse with all my fancy book learns? Um, roll. Uh, Marcus, you take out the egg and you look at it, and uh, the image has righted itself. The eyes are together. Uh, the nose is below them, and below that is the mouth, uh, and it has opened itself into a wordless scream. Uh, Faz, you may ask two questions. <laughs> Only two? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, what is about to happen? Uh, a confluence of magical energies, the likes of which have not been seen for 200 years. Harmonic convergence. How is the amulet connected to it? Oh, that would have been a much better answer. It's got a clasp around the back. There's a chain. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty sturdy. Snick. I'm not sure that you've uh, <laughs> you've ever seen this amulet or anything like it before. Uh, I've got ranks and smartass. I rolled a twenty to observe it, and it fucking stunned me for a round. I've seen this amulet. 
Um, there are other animates like this one uh, that you've heard about through history. Most of them are white. The only other red one that you've ever heard of uh, showed up the last 200, 200 years ago during the previous eclipse. Um, and that is when the king of Midland fell. Um, was uh, story goes that he um, and all his household were slain, and he was cast into the bowels of hell uh, and cursed to forever walk this world with no rest, uh, endlessly seeking that which he cannot have. Sounds fun. So history's repeating itself, then. Apparently, in a good way. Um, Marcus, as you're holding yes, this amulet as the egg, its eyes start to bleed. Bleed? Blood runs down from the side of its eyes and drips off the bottom of the egg. Do I feel like I can use the amulet somehow, like previously where I ordered people around? Uh, you feel connected to something just beyond sight. Like if you were to reach out, you would be able to grab perhaps the world. Um, Marcus is simply going to... He's holding the amulet tightly. He's going to try and somehow will these dark forces riding towards the town to stop. Oh, good. So the sky clouds over. Um, clouds over what looks like scales. And the scales reach from behind, just behind you, just behind where you're standing now. And they streak out across the across the sky, crashing down into the invading army, blocking them from the village that they were about to attack. Uh, and you realize that you're in the inside of a sphere and that the things that look like scales are faces, not unlike the one on the egg. Um, and the army is now trapped in here with you. They're not trapped. They're not trapped in here with me. Wait, no, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trapped in here with them. From above you, you hear laughter and a small teardrop uh, plops its way forth from the scales and resolves itself into a uh, fat little creature that floats through the air. Um, and he f- flies right up over to your group, and uh, you see that his lips are pulled back into a permanent rictus grin, and his eyes have been shown, su- sho- shown sewn shut. Uh, and he is little more than a giant head with small clasped hands below his, na- below his chin uh, and no body to speak of. And the creature laughs and flies away. Um, in front of you, there is a hand that reaches up out of the ground, and it lights itself on one of the fingers. Next, there is a three more impossible creatures pull themselves out of the ground, uh, materialize in front of you, each more horrible than the last. Uh, there is a woman, beautiful, cloaked only in raven's feathers. Uh, her hair is writhing snakes. Uh, there is a man whose face, whose flesh has been stripped entirely from his head. So he's a giant creature with a, a skull for a head. And the last, the fourth, uh, is a bulbous figure that seems to be floating perpetually upside down. And the skull-faced man speaks to you, and you can hear it inside your uh, in your head. Uh, and all of you can hear this inside your head. It says, the time for the blessing has come. And this, our final chapter, our final destination, the end of days draws near. For our sacred children, enjoy this hallowed feast. And you, our disciple, are the chosen one. Here and now, appointed by God's own hand, we are your brothers, and you, our new blessed king. Awesome. 
The crimson behelet only presents itself to those who could join our God hand. You are to be present for the christening of this angel. But in order to accept this, you must give something equally of value in return. Everybody back away. We have horses. You want a horse? They give XP. <laughs> We've got like 8,000 pounds of horse meat. So I guess it's up to Marcus to decide what he wants to offer, huh? Well, Mar- Marcus simply looks at them for a moment and says, I seek no crown. I only wish to protect those that I love and care about. And how better to protect those that you love or care about than to join us? Um, have power over reality, power like you see before you, able to bend the world to your will. <laughs> Aye, that all sounds quite well and good, but then who would run the inn? My daughters can't do it alone. You can do both. Nominal cosmic power. Hanging out in an inn when you want. Marcus kind of throws a sidelong glance at Faz. Yes! Yes, Adam, yes. Sacrifice the Kushan army. Hey. And the shooters while you're at it. And that dude who was an <laughs> asshole. You can have him the most... And the guy who was a dick in high school. Andrew, we can't hear you if you're talking. And there's a king, and he's totally worth, like, a bunch. If you want him to. sacrifice us, especially not me. I'm the most valuable member of this endeavor. I don't know, you have a ship. That's worth something. Right? Oh, no. Adorable. No. (laughs) Sacrifice a ship. Yeah. Oh, guys. <laughs> Marcus? Faz seems unable to give counsel at this point in time. He's uh, pretty out of his fucking depth. What happens when I cast Detect Magic? Why don't you roll for that? Just go ahead and roll me a save. Face explodes. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, everything here is magic. And I literally... Everything. Um, you are magic. The people around you is magic. Flint is magic. The ground is magic. The sky is magic. Uh, it is enough to overwhelm you and would burn your eyes if you did not close them immediately. Is that why that first little floating, gibbering head thing had his eyes sewn shut? I thought there was going to be like the floating head, and then there was going to be like a lady with no head and no legs, and then there was going to be like skeleton legs, and you could Voltron them all together, but that didn't go the way it was. Like Legends of the Hidden Temple, when you have to build that little stupid statue? Fucking silver monkey bullshit. Alright, Marcus, choose wisely, or we will never forgive you. I'm trying to find the body for that floating head and coming up short. Yeah, Faz is too busy reeling to be of uh, guidance at this juncture. The goggles, they do nothing. Is David there, or is his mic not working? I'm... I'm just uh, Marcus. Is, uh, yeah, Marcus isn't sure. Like, can he offer things that aren't his? Hey, this world is yours, man. So really, everything in it is yours, right? By technicality, those are the best things to offer. King reaches out and grasps uh, whatever a king reaches out and grasps is his to give. Uh, and you can see in behind in the in your peripheral vision, but when you look to see, there is nothing there. You can see uh, creatures beginning to push their way and up through the ground. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of these little creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, they begin to form a ring around you uh, in supplication. Marcus 
looks at them all and says, I give you the dreams and ambitions of all the nobles of this world. Those who would use hundreds and thousands below them to achieve a singular goal. Oh my god, the look on Mike's face. Those who have no sight save in front of their own nose, I give you their foolish dreams. In return, I ask only that each man here in this land be allowed to pursue his own life in peace. So are you going to give up the uh, egg of the king then? Or are you going to take the crown, so to speak? No, Mar- Marcus relinquishes the amulet. He says, I have no desire to rule, only to live a simple life. Um, the, uh, the massive skeleton-headed creature looks at you and tilts its head uh, as if in disappointment. Um, and his, uh, his voice echoes through all of your heads and says, um, I will take that which you've offered, but as it is of little value to you, the response my gift to you will be of equaling middling value. Um, if you wish to make a greater sacrifice, I will happily bond in kind. But it's uh, it's a personal sacrifice. These nobles, you clearly have an enmity towards. So taking something from them, not a sacrifice on your part. I'll make a sacrifice. That. I'll give up my freedom to make the army go away. Give up your freedom, huh? It's the thing he can't live without. That, uh... May mean different things to us than it does to you, little man. I'm not little. I'm just thin-boned. Yeah, I thought you were playing a halfling for some reason. No, he's an elf. I'm not I'm not a little man. I'm just dainty. They're all humans, though-ish. Okay. So uh, the creature that identifies itself as Void um, brings forth his hands. Uh, you can feel spectral chains lay themselves around your shoulders. And uh Christian army, except for... Well, the Christian army turns and they begins to charge you and the hundreds of creatures uh, spring forth into action. They charge down the slopes. They leap at the Kushan invaders. They tear them apart with their teeth. They rend them with nails. Uh, they consume their flesh and only a handful of the invaders still remain. Cool. In your ear, uh, Baron, uh, you hear the voice of the of the female with the snakish hair okay. take the egg from Marcus. Well, if you promise me some alone time with them snakes later. Whatever <laughs> you say, pretty lady. Yeah, that was a bad roll. I, I don't know what you're trying to do. That was my sleight of hand roll to take the thing from him. Ah, uh, I don't think that'll be his passive perception. Nope, probably not. My passive perception is 11. <laughs> <laughs> my 12 did a thing. How did you get to 8? Rogues can uh, double specialize in things. So it gives you plus four in it instead of plus two. Ew. So, sleight of hand and acrobatics that's super rude, are the two that I double specialized in. That's really that's really silly, though, because if you just have to be passive perception, that means you have to roll a two, <laughs> and you could take my pants off and then we notice it. You want to roll... Why don't I have to do it without your noticing? Marcus, do you want to yep. do that for Marcus, free? You want... LOL, <laughs> if you don't... Dude, he doesn't have to roll to get your pants off. pants down all the time. <laughs> Marcus, why don't you, why don't you roll in... Uh, uh, roll perception to try to... In a contest. Because that's, sure. that's how 5e works. You roll contests. Do I have advantage? Alright. <laughs> do you have advantage? Since he wouldn't expect it. He got an 8 anyway. Ooh. Given that he has the fucking... Yeah, but he has the thing I in his apparently hand. distracted. He had the thing in his hand. I put a rock in there. I put a horse... He handed it to you. <laughs> uh, Baron, you take the egg from him. Um, 
and you can feel the power to control the world in your hands now. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the same offer is made to you. If you sacrifice something dear to you, something of equal value will be given. Kill that duke. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, killing the duke is outside the sphere of the eclipse. Give it a couple of minutes. <laughs> give me, give me some sand. Um, I really don't value that duke. You can see that the uh, the eclipse is beginning to break down around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clearly coming to an end. If you want, uh. Try to take the position as uh, the fifth member of the God Hand. You'll have to give them something of great value. Uh, humanity? Can I can I trade that for? I want to have cool like I want to I want to have cool bone arms or something. Can I trade all of humanity? No, just me, my humanity. Can I trade your humanity? Whoa! He's becoming a goddamn chaos space <laughs> marine. Where where where's the the warp? Where am I supposed to well, look our, at? Our gifts are. <laughs> slightly more valuable than just one person. Perhaps if you were to sacrifice someone close to you as well. Like the nearest person? Well, my family's all dead. Whose fault is that? Um, <laughs> like you're checking them off as an option. How about my boat? You want my boat? That's like my most prized possession. How about your friends? Sacrifice them like they die? Yes. Eh, nah. Eh? Nah. Well then, good luck. Okay. Um, they leave. Uh, and you find yourselves face-to-face with the remains of a very angry Kushan army. I thought there was only a handful left. Yeah. Like five. You can only, you can only, you can only fit, well, you can only fit, like, one soldier in your hand. I didn't I mean, say five. Like, I said handful. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, maybe if they went, like, tip-to-tip, you could... <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on the height and stuff too. <laughs> I should sacrifice you guys. Y'all are jerks. More girth than anything. If you had, you'd be a god now. What's the egg doing? The egg is gone. Okay, I was gonna smash it. So that works. It probably should probably shouldn't be a thing that even exists. Really want to eat that goddamn egg. <laughs> I can't move my piece. <laughs> so do I feel like we just got off incredibly easy? Wink. What'd you say? Well, with the whole eclipse thing, do I feel like we just got off incredibly Absolutely. easy? Like we're incredibly lucky to be alive. Uh, you in particular are incredibly lucky to be alive. Okay. As we see all these guys and be like, you're welcome, everybody. You're not dead. But you might be. Exactly. I don't see you doing anything, except for stealing egg. I was keeping him from doing stuff. He was about to sacrifice you guys. You didn't hear him? Pretty sure I heard you. Let's just all act like we didn't see anything, convince Varen that he's going crazy. It's all a minor illusion. A minor illusion is just, the face egg is just a regular egg that I'm holding. Your definition of minor illusion is the most mine? open-ended I've ever encountered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he means mine. Yeah. Oh. Just in general, though. Yeah, I'm gonna retcon ten minutes of stuff, and he for, he imagined. It. I'm, to be to be fair, I mostly use it for bullshitting people. You're, you're really more of, you're really more of a bard than a wizard. See now, if bard had been an option. All right, guys, real quick initiative. So now it's down to the brass tax. I ain't paying no fucking taxes. I'm the king of this world. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> so then, where the fuck's your egg? Yeah. Boy? 
I hate it. Finally, I don't have to go first. <laughs> what a terrible burden that must be. Boom. Are we still on our horses except that one guy? Sacrifice. Oh, okay. Oh, so your eight. horses are gone. <laughs> <laughs> For three magic beans. Boom, what'd you get? Shit. I don't think your initiative was shit. I mean, it could be. No, I... Never mind. I already entered it. I spilled my drink a little bit. Hey, Mike, I can't move my piece or edit my initiative. I spilled my drink! Chris, do you have select? Selected, or do you still have, like, a freehand drawing? Make sure you're on the objects and token layer. I don't have access to different layers. This can be edited by TRV. What's your name? Chris. Oh, you changed your name, I see. There you go. Still won't let me put in my initiative. Which is 15, by the way, if you want to put that in. Morph, what's your initiative? Eight. Uh, he got an eight. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting that I can't hear Greg sometimes. Marcus, you're up first. I am up first. That's... Hmm. You see this giant uh, demonic matriarch as well as a bunch of smaller demons um, from the Kushan army. Things that survived the initial wave of onslaught that uh, you wished them away. Okay. Uh, select myself. Just figure out, make sure my health is correct here really quick. Alright. So I will move up to this smaller demon here and attack it. Alright. Uh, my war pick. So that will be 1d20 plus 5. A 13 versus AC. Good. Okay. 9. Whoops, that, sh- that should be plus 2 more for my uh, dueling fighting style. So 11 damage. You bring the pick down hard on the creature and kill it. Awesome. Um, I will use one additional action, my action surge, to equip my shield. Because I have a feeling AC is important. You're also now covered in demon guts. Congratulations. I'm sure the cleric can clean that up. Or do the wash. Are you all done? Yep. Alright, so the demons swarm at you. Yay! <laughs> Come at me, bro. They're gonna kill you twice just for that. Uh, this one goes after, I think this is Andrew. Thome? Either purple one, Thome? That's me, yeah. Um, uh, it's holding a, uh, a giant branch that it seems have ripped off, ripped off a tree. Swings at you twice. 18 and 23. Do those both hit you? Yeah, yeah, they would. Five damage. Okay. <laughs> almost max rolls, almost minimum hit, or minimum damage. Alright, this, uh, the one that gets close to you, Marcus, uh, mm-hmm. he raids, raises a hollow bone tube to his lips and blows it at you. <laughs> Blowing on that bone. Here see. Um, my AC is 18. Take one piercing damage, and I need a constitution save. Okay, my constitution is pretty awesome, so I'm pretty sure I saved on that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see your roll. 22. Yeah, you uh, you push it off. Um, There's uh, some sort of poison that this creature just spat at you. Dick. Yeah, what, what, a, what a douche. Clint, you were up. Oh, me up. Uh, I'll go up to this demon that's by Tom and take a swing at it. Yeah. It uh, hisses at you menacingly. Well, let me fix my HP. So we didn't get any bonus to attack or anything when we leveled up, huh? Uh, I think you get like a plus one because your attack's half your level, huh? 
At least it used to be in 4E. Yeah, I think they might have changed that in 5E. No. Okay. Yeah, that's proficiency. So it didn't improve at second. 14 versus AC. Um, I think that hits, actually. Yes, it does. Yeah, 13 did. And 8 damage. Uh, you smash it mightily with your weapon of choice. Big ol' hammer. Uh, it looks like it's on its last leg. How many legs did it start with? Four. Aaron. Okay. I still can't move my dude. Hmm. Weird. If you wanna you wanna pop me into this bush over here? Remember when you gave up your freedom? Whoops. Careful, the fight music just dropped the bass. <laughs> okay. So at level two I get an extra action per turn. So I'm gonna use that on the hide action. Try to be invisible. Okay. Uh stealth check. That shit's got annoying fast. <laughs> Twenty one to stealth. Stealth. Um, that will probably succeed. As far as you can tell, it succeeds. Okay, so I'm gonna sneak. Use the rest of my move to sneak out and stab this dude in the fucking neck. All right. That gives me advantage, right? It does six. So fourteen and eight. Uh, fourteen will hit. Eighteen damage. Damage. Eighteen. Jesus. This this will do what I want it to do. Minus eighteen. Yes. It's piercing damage, if that matters. Okay. Uh, Marcus, what is your bar Bar 1? You've got 30 feet out of 13. I'm thinking that's health. He forgot to up- update his maximum and just updated the current HP, so it looks like he's got like two and a half times the normal amount of health. It's his, it's his final form. Yeah, they fixed that for him. Um, yeah, you uh, you smack the crap out of it and it dies. Dab it in the head so much that it's dead. Yes. Not just dying, but dead. Um, this one, one, two, three, runs up to Marcus. Uh, it, now you might want to move uh, Varen next to the demon. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. I said might. I get a two, something interesting will happen. Yay, nothing interesting happens. <laughs> Marcus, uh, the demon with a tree branch runs up to you, attempts to smack you around. 11 or 17. And he says, nope. God, wood. Nope. All right. Nope. Go fish. Same thing. 20. 20 will hit. 9 damage. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's more significant. Uh, it, it powers forward, seeing the, uh, and while you're blocking the attacks of the its brethren, uh, this one manages to smack you hard, ring your bell. Okay. Ah. one rolls up with a bone tube that he spits at Varen. Actually, no. Seems to be ignoring Varen entirely. It's, it's the, uh, Bone tube thingy at Thaum. Uh, 25. How the shit does that work? I roll everything twice, right? Yep. Two. 1d4 and 1d4. You take 4 damage, and then you make me a constitution saving throw. Is that poison damage? Yes, it is. Okay, what is the, the dwarf for resisting poison? So that's half damage? On a failed save, probably. But it's also... Uh, yeah. You roll... You have advantage against it? Yeah. So it's half damage, and I roll twice to save. What was the check? Uh, Constitution. Con. Con. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. I'll take the 17. Your pass. Since one rolls up on you uh, with a great club and tries to smash you bloody, uh, it doesn't seem to be very good at it. It does not. Horf. Um, there are things that need pinning. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to move uh, here, and I'm going to shoot, to take, uh, throw a javelin at this dude two spaces to my left. All right. That'll hit. 
His reign of terror continues unabated. Got it in one. <laughs> just, I'm going to pop it backwards because that's cooler. I'm going to go ahead and use my action surge to give me an extra action. Probably a good time for that. Um, I'm going to, uh, let me just take a measurement here. I'm going to shoot at that big dude. Alright. Where's is that? <laughs> Javelin that will pierce the heavens. Godspeed, Lorf. 14? Yeah, that hits. Hit him in the dick. Creatures in 5e do not have armor class. There's no such thing as armor class in 5e. Apparently. Nice. Good. Nine damage. Oh, nine damage. I totally missed that. Uh, it seems less concerned with your uh, tridents. Tridents. Uh, javelins, as the other creatures did. And it kind of bats away with its wing. Uh, and now it shall... It kind of uh, it spreads its wings and just hops. The brook there. And uh, it's got a menacing trident, and it's got a forked tail. It looks like your classic demon thing. It's like how a kid would draw the devil. Attacks. Exactly. Attacks Florf twice. Missing both times, because he's got an 18 AC, if I recall correctly. Yeah, 18, so... Uh... Damn. Yep. Boom. Um, Marcus, how bad off Doesn't are you? Are you okay? You. Um, if you want to heal me a little bit, I'd be okay with that. Otherwise, I can use... How much, how much damage did you take, dude? I'm at 8 right now. Okay. Out of 18. Oh, you're at 18? I thought you had 30 for some reason. No, eight is 18 is my maximum hit points. 30 is my speed. Oh, uh, that's what you had that there for. Yeah. I haven't edi- I haven't actually edited my HP, sorry. I clicked on it. That's alright, I, I was screwing around with your character. As I said, I clicked on it and I couldn't edit it for some reason. But yeah, I'm at 8 right now. I was checking to see if the range on this spell. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm going to head back here. And I will healing or cure wounds. That's 1d8. Plus, that's actually supposed to be an 8. Ah, oh, great roll. 7. Okay. Yeah. Every bit helps, man. And that's all I can do. That gets me up to 13. Nice. 15. Or not 13, 15. I can do math. I can math. Yes. Right, you reach out and touch him, and he feels better for it. Nice. Reach out and touch <laughs> It's your Faz. Uh, it's your own personal Jesus. All right, let's see how it went up. Yeah. So that's what that's what Tom is for. Somebody here is Paris. Um. Do I know anything about these demons? Like, would they be resistant to fire, or is this going to be a let's find out and then everybody laugh at the wizard when they're fire immune? Seems like they're demons. Could roll a demonic check to see what you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, fuck it. I'm just going to shoot a magic missile. I'm going to fire two at the big one, and then one at the little one right in front of Marcus. I'll have to school me on how that works. Uh, big one takes five damage. And the little one takes three. Yeah, I think it, you, you fire three bolts. And you can choose you which each choose one targets, targets, and each one's a one d four. One d four plus one. Ah, gotcha. Marcus, you seem to be partially surrounded in the front with by a large and various sundry demons. Uh, well, I think I'm going to hit the little demon because if I can finish that off, it's better than having two separate enemies attack me. So I will. Yeah. So I, Marcus, will wield his. 
war pick. Yeah, he's got that tree branch, but he seems to be okay. Hit it for uh, 14. 14, I think. It hit last time. Yeah, so roll your damage. So that hits? Yeah, 13 is the lowest hit we've seen. Okay, my damage is 10. Yes. Yes. Kill it. That's a d20 you just rolled. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Oh, whoa, okay, let me try that again. Why don't you be higher? That's a 9 damage. Nine. The German judge killed it with a 9. Um, any dudes, dudes left? Yeah, that's a cool one. So this guy will, guy will roll up to Thom. Uh, no, I already killed Thom. One, two, three. Arrows up to Faz because wizards are evil. Kill the cast. <laughs> Five, Ooh. 18, and 8. The 8 misses. So. With the 8, other one hits? Yes, an 18 hits a wizard. Oh, I thought that was damage. Jesus. Uh, you take nine damage. <laughs> the eight would have been better. Um, the creature blindsides you and clobbers the shit out of you with a great club, and for a moment there, you see stars and taste blood. I'm okay. More than slightly. And then you've got one demon uh, on the bank right next to Flint, and then one right across the river. Taz, use a minor illusion to make the hurting stop. <laughs> yeah, those are demon ones. Those are not demon twos. Oh. Flint, you're up. Okay, I will use my action surge to draw my shield, take a step right here to block that demon from advancing, and I'll take a swing at the big guy. All right. Take a swing, take your chance. 22. That'll hit. For nine damage. Pretty powerful hit. You solidly connect. Uh, the scales are thicker than you thought they would be, and it doesn't seem to be as injured as you one would expect. Okay. But just the same, you feel like you guys are... Uh, Along the way. Baron, you're up. Um, okay, I'm going to scoot next to this demon right here. Um, am I still stealth, or do I need to re-roll for that, or...? Um, yeah, you need to you need to hop in the bush before you re-stealth. Hop back into your bush, re-stealth, and then stab that one in the neck. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay, you hop into the bush? Yeah, I'm going to hop into the bush and check my stealth skill again. Six. Twenty-five. To stealth. Out of stealth? Yeah. So I'm going to sneak back over to him. Uh, right here. Oh, save your wizard friend. Oh, no, totally don't. Yeah, <laughs> save Faz, because you'll still get advantage, and I can kind of tank this guy right here. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to go by Faz, and uh, I'm going to tap Faz on the shoulder and make him turn around one direction, but I'm going to be in the other direction, stabbing a demon in the face. Nope. Wait, I have advantage because I'm stealth, so 14 will hit. That's going to turn back around. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> How many times are you going to roll 1d20? Huh? Yeah, the 25 was stealth. Oh, okay. Advantage. <laughs> and he has advantage. Yeah, Why would he stealth. roll again if he got a 25? <laughs> 16 damage. I don't know. Maybe him. I'm super tired. <laughs> that will kill him. Um, you find that uh, a demon is still... Susceptible to being stabbed in the throat. Crazy, right? Uh, now it's the other demon's turns. Why can I not pick this chat up? Back ass, let me pick you up. Might have to move Varen again. Where do you want to be, Varen? No, oh, I'll be in the bush. Behind the wizard. <laughs> Alright, demon one. Which one are you? The one next to Flint, Michigan. Oh. The two up top, I'm guessing. One attacks you with the, um... This... 
And seven, that's a good one. And this guy also will move up towards Flint. Only one will hit for six damage. It's not terrible. Hey, he um he gets you get your shield out, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know the first one's easy to, enough to deflect, but the second one he's beginning to learn your blocking pattern, and uh, he kind of clips you on the knee a little bit. It's not really a, a damaging thing or whatever, but it sort of stings. Clorf, you're up. All right. Um, well, I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm just going to javelin the big dude again. God damn, dude! Fifteen's oh, <laughs> second... everywhere. Twelve damage. Good lord. And max nice. damage. Freaking Florf MVP. Um, this creature is clearly. Clearly not doing well, but um, do it the best I can. Flint, do you have anything that like threatens? Kind of like, uh, withdraws a full action now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think withdrawing is a full move action. So it uh, it belches forth a cone uh, of acid. Oh, I did acid a bunch back in the day. I'm immune to it. Catch um, Orf, Thom, Faz, and Varen. Jeez. Thanks for not shooting at me, demon. Welcome. <laughs> too close, and I and if I couldn't move without a stupid thing from happening. Marcus is okay with this. So you need to roll dexterity save. You see nine dexterity save. Ooh, that sucks. Varen. 24. Alright, Varen, you take four damage. Boom, you also take four damage. Oh. Uh, Can you mark me down to 11 health? Because I can't like, I can't, I can't do anything I for right now. For some reason, it's kind of, with your character either. Still is free. Um... 11 health. I wrote it down on top of my guy. How much health should you have? Fifteen. Yeah. Guys, right, so how much damage did you take? Oh, I took the full Monty. You're negative three. You're down. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm at negative five. Boom! You're at negative five. You need to roll save versus death. I'm not at negative five. I'm fine. What's your max? <laughs> I've suddenly taken sixteen points of damage out of nowhere. It's great. No, I'm I'm at negative five. Tom, don't give a shit. Hey, Andrew, what's your max? 12. Okay, so not dead. Yeah, I have more than 5 health. Actually. One hit point away from being dead. No, it's it's uh, it's not negative. It's not negative blooded anymore. It's uh, negative HP. Yeah, okay. So I take 8 damage? Yeah. Alright, I'm down to... Uh, I have max 19, so I'm down to 11. I will spin around and cast Cure Wounds again. Is that that? Yeah, Cure Wounds. Castle on fire. <laughs> on our slightly melting wizard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> too late for him. Heal me. So now, is that this... nine or is that full? As Bud said, does that Jesus. work like 4E did where you start from zero when you get healing? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. that. Yeah, let's. that's a good question, though. Damage and healing. I'm not seeing it. Which means Which that it's safe awesome. to assume just like it was before. This is the... This is this is the best. Okay, so I'm back up to full health. I'm a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, we'll just shoot you as heaven zero. You're fine. <laughs> roller coaster comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Save versus iron wheels. It says when you receive healing, it's added to your current hit points. Cool. So that puts me at nine, I think. Yeah, nine. Which is which is three quarters of max. Right. Okay, let's conduct a bit of science. Faz is feeling cocksure and foolhardy. <laughs> Full of cock? <laughs> <laughs> Normally you've got a... And yells, hey, Flint, duck. And then casts... <laughs> Where? <laughs> and then using... Envy. Exactly. <laughs> on the duck. 
Um, and then cast Burning Hands to hit everything but Flint because I have magical bullshit powers that are magical and bullshit. What about Chlorf? Uh, Chlorf's not in the cone. It is. Fuck Chlorf. No, <laughs> yeah, but I can angle it. I can have it like that angle. Magical bullshit. <laughs> so I'm burning, burning this because Fad knows geometry. <laughs> I can have it miss two people. Alright, so I to roll. Let's see what I roll. Dex, and it's 15 damage. Fast pulls out his protractor. It's a compass, you asshole. You know it's serious when they get the protractor out. <laughs> yeah, those all hit, because the save difficulty is 14. Ooh. Nice. I am a golden god. Everything is still alive except Flint takes Flint, 15 damage. Did you roll your save already? I don't have to. He doesn't have oh. to. He automatically succeeds on it because I'm a bullshit oh, nice. wizard. Awesome. I was stuck in it playing with the half damage, or do you just take full? Uh, you automatically save on it, and if save causes you to take half damage, you take no damage, so it takes zero damage. Oh, that is some serious magical bullshit. That is. Wow. See? That is serious. Unfortunately, the demon all. heals, and the other two demons, since they're at full hit points already, spawn two more demons just like that one. <laughs> oh, makes sense. No, I'm just kidding. It kills them all. <laughs> but in the future, uh... you bet your ass, I should, I would populate this world with flaming <laughs> demons that regenerate. <laughs> no, you kill them good, um, and they're both dead. So really, if you want to take over the world, all you need to do is find a demon loyal to you and throw in a volcano. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> don't fireball them after midnight. Yeah. So, um, you mop up the remainder of the Kushan forces, uh, the eclipse has ended, uh, the faces, the sky scale, the sky, the face scales have retreated back into wherever they came. All that's left is uh, a pool of gore that stretches from the base of the hill to the uh, outskirts of the town. Uh, I cast Minor Illusion and make it look now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll fertilize the crops. And make it look three inches bigger. <laughs> See, now that's just my everyday Minor Illusion. Wait a second. <laughs> For Faz, that's a major. <laughs> well, folks, we've come to the end of this kind of one-shot thing. Um, you guys successfully um, defended off some sort of fleet invasion. Uh, you defended a town from bad guys, rallied the troops and saved the day. Then you <laughs> ran off, killed a couple horses, and eventually managed to stop an army from destroying a town, not by sacrificing your friends, which is I wish I had hoped to go someone into doing, but by... Um, Slaving the nobles and one of the characters giving up his freedom. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys had fun. Uh, if you're not super exhausted, I'm going to do a five minute postmortem and then okay. I'll let you all go to sleep. Sure, sounds good to me. Yarp. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out my thoughts um, for the end because I'm the GM and it's my fucking right, bitches. Uh, so we're gonna go with uh, I want Zombie Hero slash Greg to go first because he talks the least. <laughs> Can I just say, no, Greg? No, Greg, what the, f <laughs> Greg? What the fuck magic do you have for your fucking rules? What the fucking hell, you fuck? He certainly demonstrated the versatility of the word. He's he's a subscriber to Roll Twenty. That's how that works. Yeah. Um. So I liked it. I haven't played a whole lot of any D and D that's not Fourth Edition. 
So it's a kind, the system's kind of a change. I, uh, um, you know, I felt like I really had only one option in combat. I mean, it was a really good option, but um, I don't know if that's usual for fighters. But I think that's more of a case of just working from a limited uh, player's handbook rather than you know something the system has built in, uh, because we really only had just like a small, you know, I guess cross section of what the classes actually do. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we had we only had the four classes, um, and we only had one of the specs, and there's supposed to be three or four for the specs for each class. Even so, fighters are interesting in that they had a bunch of different combat options. Um, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's why we did three fighters, was because you could have a range fighter, you could have a melee fighter, or you know, several other types. So, um, I mean, I liked it. Um, I had a good time. I don't really have any other com- complaints. I just uh, it's just sort of a a big change from 4th edition. I feel like the characters are a little bit softer, and uh, minions are a little softer, too. So, anyway, that's my two cents. Cool. Um, let's see. Adam, you're up next because you are the next newest person. Um, it was an interesting little glimpse into next here. Um I don't know if it's good or bad. Like I said, I would have really liked to have seen some of the more of the domains of the cleric. Um, I think some of his spells would have made him an interesting striker, but uh, as a healer, I felt really tied between using my spells for offense or for healing, and it seems like a huge trade-off. Where I mean, I could have, you know, done forty-six damage to the big bad, but I wasn't healing a friend then, and it, I guess that's the cleric's dilemma. But just having these large spells in the cleric's life domain pool. I don't know, it was kind of interesting. But, uh... That's fair. Yeah, I don't know if I liked it or not. Um, Robert. What? Thoughts? Uh, I had fun. I kind of like... It seems like 4E has more diversity to the different things that you can do. With the fighter, even though there were several different builds you can do, it was mostly just... You pick from this list of six things, and whichever one you pick is what you're going to be, either plus or whatever to range, or plus one to AC. So it f- felt like that was a little bit pigeonholed, even though we had three and we were able to play them pretty differently. It seems like after that's done, there isn't much versatility there. It seems like those are the only choices that make the fighters different at all, and you can only take one at the very beginning of your character creation. But uh, I think it just might be because the game is still in its early stages, and when it's more player handbooks and stuff come out and they get more criticism that it might just open itself up to more versatility. But I had fun, but I think I still like 4E a little bit more because of the range of options that you can do. Well said. Um, I'm going to go with Chris. Yo. Thoughts? Um, well, I played a Rogue in 4E, and I played a Rogue here. It's kind of one of the main reasons I picked the Rogue was sort of have like a nice uh, comparison baseline. And yeah, it seemed like, you know, I had, I had the melee weapon, I had the range weapon, no real abilities until second level when I can hide in the same turn and then maybe trigger my, uh, my sneak attack. But I do like the fact that they made the combat, it seemed like it flowed quicker. Um, with everybody being squishier, it takes less turns. So, um, you know, if you're doing a situation like you're doing a podcast, you know, the, the combat doesn't take an entire episode. It takes 10, 15 minutes, which is kind of nice. But, um, uh, overall, I, I think that they may have gone the Mass Effect 2 method 
and tried to tone things down a bit too much. Um, but no, I had fun, and I think that was in large part due to you doing the DMing and stuff. Um, and I'd be curious to see what we could do with, you know, all the books and stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, mixed reviews, I'd say. Um, Dark Primus, a.k.a. David. Yeah, um, I've played, admittedly, pre-gen fighters before with some of the previous D&D Next slash 5 edition playtests. And I guess my feedback is the same as then, which is I had a good time in spite of the system. I had a lot of good fun role-playing and everything, but when it came down to combat, uh, if you listen back to the podcasts and stuff, the previous episodes, one of the episodes I actually didn't get to do anything. Everything was dead before my turn came up. And the next time, I think I got to attack once... So, I mean, fighters, on paper, they have a lot of options, but they're still really underclassed, and I guess it's a matter of opinion if you think fighters should be second fiddle to everybody else, but 4th edition did the thing where everybody had something to do all the time. I know some people felt like it was just everybody was wizards, but I don't know. I Like like I said, I, I think it was it wasn't terrible. I've got some experience with three five. I don't think it was. I don't think it was terrible. I just. I feel like you know we added some house rules early on, and that's really what helped. So I guess I'm. I am underwhelmed. Is my ultimate opinion. Okay. That's also. Yeah, I'm gonna wind up touching a lot of what you said, but uh, Oats is first. <laughs> I have good opinions. I'm gonna have to just agree with David and be really boring because I'm just going to be agreeing with David in that I I felt I felt kind of fucking bad when I just incinerated half of an encounter with a single burning hands like I mean it was it's fucking hilarious because I'm like wow because I've never played a wizard in one of these before I've always been um, like the cleric or whatever the heal bot is which kind of really sucks and I'm going to echo a bit of Adam in there, because you just you split your attention between making everybody else awesome and keeping the squishies alive because they're stupid enough to wander up to something and get stabbed in the face, or you get to use one of your awesome spells once at the cost of potentially healing people, so it's really shitty. Um, that way, and holy dear sweet Jesus, wizards should have more spells per day, and they should not be 3d6 fucking damage for a first-level spell, like, in an AoE that's kind of ridiculous pants. Yeah. Yeah, so, alright, so as GM, I had a couple different things that, um, a little different than what you guys are going through, but first I need to satisfy a personal curiosity of mine. Yeah. So, healing word is a minor action in 4e. One of the things that I love about 4e is, number one, everyone's wizards, and I know that's some of the com- complaints that people had before. I've been a uh, Dungeons & Dragons player since uh, 95, religiously, and then even before then I was playing the, some smaller box editions, and I've been reading the D&D manuals since I could rent them from the library. Um, and I've been running games pretty much constantly since 98, 99, Um so, as a GM, it's hard. It was I found it a lot harder to run Flabby. Um, number one, there's no monster manual out. Number two, there's no dungeon master's guide out. So I didn't really have any um, guidance on how to create an encounter, what would make an interesting encounter. 
I find that very frustrating, especially coming from 4E when I have this lovely equation that I can set up. And um, even the back of the first DMG, uh, it said, hey, these are some cool monster arrays that you could set up. And it said monsters as strikers and sorry, monsters kind of mirrored the players' roles, ones that were supposed to be damaging, ones supposed to be... I could just go look in the bestiary or the online tool for creatures that match that, and I could just mix and match my own encounters. That's really nice for a DM. It makes... Uh, removes a lot of pressure for me. Um, and for this, for our three shot, um, I had to go find the beta rules and pull the monsters out of the back of the beta rules. And now I don't know if things have been significantly retuned since then, but you guys may or may not have realized that um, you hit everything, every attack. I don't, I'm not sure any of you guys missed. I missed in the second one we were fighting the zombies a couple times, but I think that's about it. I missed a good bit on the ships and stuff like that. I missed once or twice, but yeah, not much. Yeah, I, I think I might have missed. I might have missed once. Right, the basic AC for most creatures is ten. Uh, at level one, is either ten, eleven, or twelve. Some of them have as much as thirteen. When we were talking, so they're wizards, right? But when we're talking about um. Players tend to have two, five bonus at the bare minimum on their attacks, right? Because they get a two proficiency bonus and then probably a two or a three bonus from making an attack in the first place. Right with the dexterity. So they're going to they're going to hit more often than not. Most of the creatures had in the ballpark of. 5 to 10 hit points, maybe sometimes 11. Um, so you would most likely kill them. So this, um, this, uh, the big demon that we had at the end of the game here was a, uh, lizard folk leader. She was level 4 with 210 experience points by herself. Damn. Who did? The big one. Yes. That yeah. was a, like, she had an she AC of 13 and 45 hit points. But yeah, 13 is so very big low. Demon. Right. So, yeah, I needed, I needed an 8 to hit. Well, I also gave her an acid breath attack because I thought she was hilariously underpowered. A little bit. Yeah, thir- 13 is real low. Yeah. So um, if you look at them from the math side of things, um, like I really loved 4E because I could look at the math and say, oh, okay, this is exactly what they're going for, and you can just apply that pattern around for things. In 5E, I have no idea what they're doing because, uh, well, I mean, if I sat down and I looked at the math, maybe I'd be able to figure it out, but it looks more like everything should be Encounter should be done within four turns. That seems to be the direction that this is headed. Um, I think that that's this encounter lasted three turns, perhaps. I like that encounters are over in four turns. Like well, I do find fourth edition combat takes a really long time. Fourth but that's not takes, a bad thing. I was gonna say fourth edition takes longer as you level up because it gets more complicated. Well, I think um, from. My perspective, 4E is kind of, in its nature, a war game. Um, it's more like Chainmail, the original D&D, where you have these units that you move around the map, and it's a tactical combat game. And I really appreciate that for what it is. Um, as it's very much less a, <clears throat> a fluffy role-playing game. If you listen to our Apocalypse World podcast, it's in the entirely other direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I really like that style of role-playing. Um uh, I have a hard time. You know, this is something that people are frequently said on the boards, but I'm not really sure what niche 5e fills. Um, I find the product rollout to be very frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I'm at a point where if a system doesn't meet my demands immediately, I just throw stuff at it until it 
like Dragon Balls. Um, that makes sense. I hate people not like Dragon Balls, right? I, I hate people not being able to do things that make, that's fun for them. Like Adam was playing a cleric, and his only job was to push button and have other people receive bacon. Mm-hmm. It's a good it button. was tasty yeah. bacon. Right. Um, in 4E, that's <laughs> right, but in 4E, that's a minor action. Yeah, no, totally. And that was and honestly even... probably my favorite thing about 4E, and I'm going to stop talking now. Well, yeah, even at the start of 4th edition, since you had all the books at once, the DM guy did have some optional suggestions where you could, you can improvise, etc. And I, in the basic rules, at least for 5th edition, there's not a lot of improvisation allowed rules as written. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with people that say that, well, so what, it's a role-playing game. And that's, that's my opinion. I'm, I'm going to ignore anything the book says that I don't want to follow. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But the, um, the other punchline is to this is that uh, I don't know what role it fills. Like, uh, back in second edition, um, I was super hyped about all that stuff. And when three, five came out, you know, there's a whole bunch of options available to all the characters. I don't see that here yet. Maybe that'll change when the player's handbook is released, but I don't really want to run anything at that point in time, because I'll still have to go back to the beta rules for creatures and monsters and stuff. Very frustrating. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I will say I, I really liked looking at the, character creation stuff for 5th edition, I liked how they had in the creation for the backgrounds and stuff, they had, you know, what are your ideals, your bonds, your flaws, etc. Yes, that's great. I liked that a lot. It's like, that stuff I had in my characters in 4th edition and other games anyway, but it gets players that maybe perhaps don't consider that stuff all the time to think about right. it. It's nice to see all... it codified. Right. It helps to sort of encourage role-playing and character-building. But at the same time, mechanically, in the game we played, it didn't come up at all. Like, we, everybody had that because we like playing characters, but I don't see how to actually encourage people as a DM to use those in the game. And and for everybody listening at home, um, there are other games out there that do the same sort of character stuff, uh, sort of character building and creation. Um, 13th Days, for example, you have uh, relationship dice with your your deities. So you have a positive or a neutral, negative relationship with some certain deities, and from time to time you roll the dice and you see what happens. Um, In the Apocalypse Engine games, characters start off um, uh, linked to each other. So they might have friends uh, and that history or uh, strings or debt or whatever it is um, has a mechanical impact in the game. Um, and uh, hmm, what are those other games out there? Oh, Dungeon World is another great example of the Apocalypse Engine game. Start off with the histories of these people, knowing them, or better off helping them. You do a better job helping them the longer that you've known them. So there's a lot of games out there that have this sort of background history system built into it and have an immediate mechanical impact to it. I'm going to spew some more examples in here. Uh, Edge of the Empire and Age of Rebellion as well, where you have your duties and obligations and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... That's built in the system. And also system. fucking Star Wars, and if you're nerdy enough to be listening to a D&D podcast, me just saying Star Wars role-playing game should have you at half-mast. Didn't the f- uh, it, helps that, it helps that Edge of the Empire is an absolutely fabulously system, and I love it, and it's probably my favorite RPG out right now. Didn't the Firefly and role-playing game it. encourage that? 
Uh, you know, yes. Firefly is the um, heroic role-playing system, so yeah, it's got stuff in there, too. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, even... Yeah, I, well, I mean, I'll give you a dissertation on all the role-playing systems that i played, so... Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, I didn't find it... I found it easier, slightly easier to run on the fly. No, that's not true. I don't know, man. Like, I find the combat quicker um, than 4E, but I still felt combat fatigue because it still felt... Uh, from a DM's perspective, I didn't feel like it was that interesting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the players have a different perspective on that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really I, think I every, had interesting choices to make. Yeah, everybody was doing... It's I do the one thing. Maybe the wizard is, I do the one thing, then I do the other well, thing. Well, that sucks. My whole combat role was stand still, make sure you have your I, shield out, and try to swing at something with your hammer. I mean, yeah, with... I think that's part of the reason why 4th edition combat takes longer is because you're like, well, I've got several things I could do, yeah, you have a which, shit is, ton of options. which is the thing I really want to do right now because then the other person might want to do this other thing, which is a good and a bad situation because it drags out sometimes. It kind of depends on how comfortable you are with your character. But yeah, like, like if, you're, if it's a character you've been playing up to level 10, yeah, it should all just kind of work out in your head. Right. And that's definitely true, but, like, even if I get up to level 10 with Marcus the Fighter here, it's like, okay, do I hit the guy in front of me, or do I take a five-foot step and then hit the guy yeah. five feet away from me, sort of thing. Twice. Twice, hello, don't forget, you get a second attack at fifth level. Oh, well, yeah. Fuck it, buying all the books now. Well, also, it's the thing, like, I feel like 4E, it did take longer for combat, but I feel like it also encouraged a little bit more, like, cooperative tactical stuff. Like, okay, you've got a move that will, you know, knock him prone. So I'll come in and then I'll do this thing, which will give him the ongoing damage, mm-hmm. and then I'll mark him so he has to attack me, and then this guy will come up and do stuff. And I feel like you could set up cooler yeah. cooperative things, whereas this one's kind of it- everybody splits off and does their own thing. It feels like every single combat combat situation we've been in has been pretty much the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, 4th edition has the thing where you have a lot of options, where depending on the group you're playing in, you make a character that is tailored to the group. So you might not have a character that's necessarily optimized for, like, the character op boards, but your rogue is really awesome with this fighter and that cleric. And that gets into um, more complex and interesting uh, decisions you get to make, which gets people uh, invested in what's going on, even when it's not their turn. And I'm going to come back to that in one second, but uh, Greg has something real insightful Mm -hmm. that I wanted to touch on. Did you want to say this, Greg, or do you want me to read what you wrote? Uh, I'll say it. Um, basically, uh, since the enemies are so fragile and you can kill them in one hit mostly, uh, attacking is almost always the best option instead of like grappling or tri- tripping or whatever, disarming. I mean, there's really no point. You know, actions are much better spent just to eliminate entirely. And that's that. That's super interesting um, because that's an entire dimension of combat that is kind of stripped out because combat is so quick. Um, well, actually, it's not because combat is so quick. Because combat has been simplified, there is no advanced layer of tactics and stuff going on. Now, there is a system that I've been playing a lot, and I've ran a lot for a long time, that actually I think does a good job of investing other characters as well as having things like status effects and stuff that you can apply to the enemies, and that system's Edge of the Empire. Um, 
in Edge of the Empire, you're always rolling this advantage as well as success, and that advantage or disadvantage or whatever the problem is, is can be applied to other characters as well as your opponents. So if you roll a bunch of advantage, maybe you have the person knocked down or you give a boost die to your next player. So that helps all the players to be engaged at the same time as making interesting tactical decisions. Griffith, yep. Yeah, so um, I think that that might actually wrap up our thoughts. Anybody else want to have any last words? Um, you know, I think when they finally release all the, the materials for it, the monster manual, the player's handbook and stuff, if I could find it reasonably cheap, I may be, you know, willing to see if we can run one more try with all the materials and see if anything's better. Um, you know, that would of course depend on other people wanting to play it, but I feel like with the stuff we got, I wasn't super interested and I'm not super interested enough to drop like 90 bucks on it. So, you know, if it was one of those things where it was on sale, maybe. If they had some sort of um, box, maybe reddish in color. Yeah, if only somebody would think to make such a thing. My, my threshold for RPGs um, is fifteen to twenty dollars on for a PDF. Yeah, the fact that they're not even saying anything about being able to download PDFs is weird to me because the only exception is this motherfucker right here. <laughs> Well, it's like, the thing is, okay... But that's, uh, you get the whole with, kit and caboodle in one book. Yeah, yeah. But with, I mean, like, the, the grown popularity of, of Roll20, which we use, and all kinds of play-by-posts and stuff like that, just having a PDF that you can, you know, have on your Google Drive or something, so you don't have to lug a 400-page book around to work to update the posts or, you know, plan stuff, would, I don't know, it just seems like it'd be it'd be a lot easier, and... By not having a PDF option, I think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, and um, you know, only when or when that's not available <clears throat> because of publisher demand, like the Star Wars license doesn't cover PDFs. So I've got my giant Age of the um, Empire, Edge of the Empire, and Age of Rebellion books, and that's not great. I would prefer to be able to have a PDF so I can read it on my iPad, so I can flip through it whenever I want to. Look my look at my Dropbox. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I agree wholeheartedly. Hopefully they see the light and they give us some PDFs. Indeed. Well, you know, e- even though our our reactions to the system itself were mixed, I I had fun with you running it, and I definitely appreciate you taking the time, you know, to do that with us and for the listeners. Oh, uh, dude, I, I have a serious problem. I will gladly run any system or any, any length of time. Yeah. Yeah. As I... As I said, I, I had fun in spite of the system. I'd like to check out the player's handbook and see, you know, maybe the fighters and rogues will have more interesting options than just a basic set. I'd like it to be. I'd like 5th edition to be better. I just am not optimistic about it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's done. I mean, I think personally as a as a healer, I think it's always going to have this problem with if everyone is more squishy for, you know, the first, you know, what, three, four levels until someone has a HP pool that can withstand 3d6 damage. As a healer, you're, you're basically going to be burning through all your healing spells one a turn, trying to keep your squishiest alive. And I don't see how they're going to fix that if everyone is so fragile at the start. Which kind of sucks since we only have so many turns. Like, we get three turns per battle. That's pretty much all you're doing every single time. You don't get to use yeah. your 4d6 spells or anything like that. Uh, and that is basically all I can do after that. I mean, if it lasts for that fourth turn, then people are going to start dying. Because that's about it. Yeah, and the, 
the growth is not great for health. Eight or five plus your com modifier for cleric level after first. Mine seemed to be okay. I mean, getting nine health on first mm-hmm. level. I mean, after first level. Let's see. Some fifth level creatures here. Um, at seventh level, they're doing plus six to hit. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Plus six to hit at seventh level. 2d6 plus 5 piercing damage. Really? I have, I have plus, plus 6, six to, to hit, hit at level, level one. 1. I also have plus 6 to hit at level 1. I hope I hope this isn't, you know, indicative of the final balance that they've got. Maybe this Yeah, was... maybe the, the beta rolls are just old. Yeah. Um, you know, just something to get out there for people to play, test, and kind of get the itch. You know, show it to their friends, those maybe who have them D&D, and try to get them excited for it. And then when... And all the books come out four months apart from each other. They can pool their money together. <sighs> well, that is the sound of a man working on the sleep train. Honk, honk. The conductor, baby. <laughs> Alright, guys, is there anything else you guys wanted to say, or are we done for that? I think we're good. I want to say that trains don't go honk, honk. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Only out Chris's inconsistencies is one of my favorite parts of playing in his campaigns. Almost as much fun as uh, I like to listen to the podcast uh, with my wife in a car. And uh, Chris, we love your um, accents because we're never quite sure the next one that we're going to get. Yes. <laughs> I try, I guess. No, it's, I, it's, a, sure it's a positive. Believe it or not, it's, a, it's a very, very amusing. That's a great thing about fantasy games. You don't have to have a real world accent. <clears throat> That's right. True. This guy's Scotch Chinese. It's awesome. <laughs> That's what Drow sound like. Shut up. <laughs> Adam, Adam, last words? No, not so. Oh, it's good night, Seattle. Chris, last words? Uh, Chris or uh, David, last words? Uh, g- good night, everybody. Uh, Greg. I just wanted to thank thank you again for hosting. It's a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, and next time I run a game, if you absolutely bring your bring your loaded dice. Yeah. Uh, Robert. Hail Hydra. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> as you can tell, Dean's throat hurts. I'm having head out. Peace. That D and D podcast is released under Creative Commons 2.0 Attribution, non-commercial, no derivative license. Tell your friends about us. But don't chop out the good stuff. And don't sell our work. The intro music is "The Last Ones" by Jazar. That's J A H Z Z A R. It can be found at the Free Music Archive. The outro music is Kopika, K-O-P-E-I-K-A, by Et, that's E-T underscore, and can also be found at the Free Music Archive. Dungeons & Dragons and the D&D logo is a registered trademark of Wizards of the Coast. All of their copyrighted content is owned by their associated copyright holder. 